Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday. January the 24th, 2022, and you get to get back at your week. So congratulations, you've survived your weekend. Just imagine what you might accomplish this week. All for the glory of God. We have a great program for you today. Coming up at 15 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation uh, about the founding of the March for Life in D.C., the National March for Life. Barry Smith from the Catholic Media Association is going to be our guest at 15 past. They have a documentary film that uh, really talks about that founding, that critical moment, that first few steps of the first ever March for Life in Washington, D.C., which, by the way, the crowd seemed pretty amazing considering how uh, how strict the mandates were in Washington, D.C. The crowd seemed very large, very incredible, so that's coming up at 15 past. At 35 past the hour, Ralph Martin is going to be our guest. Dr. Ralph Martin's a professor at the Sacred Heart Seminary, as well as the president of Renewal Ministries. And uh, in light of Fatima, in light of the greatest Marian apparition of all time, in the promises and the, uh, in, in the, the prophecies there, how can we explain what seems to be the fall, the continuing decline of Christianity around the world? Ireland, Montreal, France, Spain. I mean, we're looking at Catholic countries that are just being decimated. How do we understand that? What should we take away from this? Uh, where's the silver lining? What should lay folks do? Those are the, some of the conversations we're going to have with Dr. Ralph Martin coming up at 35 past the hour. It's going to be a great show. Hopefully you'll join us for all or most of that this morning. Praise be to God. Share us with a friend as well. And uh, good morning to you, Rudolfo Carlos. Good morning, Joe. What'd you do the, over the weekend? I did a lot, actually. Did a little bit of interior decor. Really? Finally had some time to put up some frames and stuff, so wow. enjoyed that. You should come over to my house after so we get some of that done here. Oh, okay. You still haven't done that? Yeah, interior <laughs> decor is not my thing. It's just, it's just not, a, not a my thing. I got it from my dad. He was an upholsterer, so praise be to God. Yeah. Attention to detail, I bet. Oh, uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Praise God. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad you're getting settled in. Yeah, I am too. It feels How? like home. Yeah, Maria's doing okay. She's good. She stayed up all night last night, so we fun. pulled an all-nighter together. Yeah, that's fun. That's yeah, fun. Great. Speaking of all-nighters, on. Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. In spite uh, dis- of it all? Well, despite the fact that I did not get to see the Burrier family on Saturday, oh, I man. was very upset. I was actually, I mentioned it, I was on my way back home from Austin, and we were driving by, and I was like, man, I didn't get to see Genevieve. So that was really big bummer, um, but yeah, I Jeff had messaged me on on a Facebook Messenger, but I was busy carrying the uh, Fatima statue, so I didn't get to see that only until later. But the March for Life in Austin uh, went off without a hitch. So praise be to God. Praise There's be to probably God. about five thousand, maybe even six thousand people. That's exciting. At the, at the March for Life in Austin, Texas. So praise be to God. It was a great trip. I was listening to the uh, GRN's broadcast from the Austin March. So it sounded really, uh, it sounded great. The crowd sounded wonderful. So 
Uh, and obviously, we had beautiful weather on Saturday, so very excited yeah. about that. Yeah, and we were expecting it to be like 20 degrees, but it turned out to be a nice 50. I was yeah. like, wow, this, this is, is great. It was a beautiful day in Texas, for sure. Well, uh, like I said, we have a jam-packed show for you today. Don't forget, uh, we're giving away a Mercedes. Could be you. You might win. It's a GLA 250 in night black. And at the end of February is when we pull a name out of the hats. And it could be yours, but you're going to have to go to the website to get the details. Go to grnonline.com. Scroll down till you see the Mercedes. Click on that. You'll find all the details about how you might pick up uh, a brand-new Mercedes at the end of February. But to be honest with you, all proceeds go to benefit our Catholic Radio Apostolate, keeping Catholic Radio on the air wherever you are right now. So praise be to God. So thank you for that. All right, we're going to jump in, and we have a lot to cover. We have breaking news and stories. that The, the tensions on the Ukrainian border are heating up big time. Uh, there was even discussion about uh, sending thousands of troops there uh, from the United States side. The U.K. has announced they're pulling back their embassy people. The, the U.S. has announced that they want families removed from the, from the region. Things are heating up. So there's a, a great need to pray for peace and for uh, a calming down of tensions in this part of the world because these types of things can kick off into much bigger, more destructive in events, and we don't want that. So let's pray for peace in our world. Let's do some fasting and, and some penance just to bring about a better resolution. All right, let's jump in, let's pray, and let's get started. Let's ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, Our Lady of Fatima, to pray and intercede for all of her children. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and let's dive into the headline news for today. Breitbart reports U.S. aircraft carrier strike group heads for Mediterranean amid Russian threats. The USS Harry S. Truman Aircraft Strike Carrier Group was heading for the Mediterranean on Sunday amid rising tensions between the West and Russia. The nuclear-powered Nimitz-class warship and her 5,000-strong crew will take part in NATO exercises called Neptune Strike 22, AP reports. Naval Striking and Support Forces NATO, led by 6th Fleet Commander Vice Admiral Gene Black, is overseeing the joint international deployment. The exercises are set to begin Monday and run through February 4th and will demonstrate NATO's ability to integrate the high-end maritime strike cap cap capabilities of an aircraft carrier strike group to support the deterrence and defense of the alliance, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby told reporters. He added the strike group, along with several other NATO allies he did not name, will participate in coordinated maritime maneuvers, anti-submarine warfare training, and long-range strike training. The announcement came a day after Russia announced its own all-out naval exercises with more than 140 warships and about 10,000 soldiers taking part in January and February in maneuvers that will take place in the Atlantic, Arctic, Pacific, and Mediterranean seas. And the AP reports U.S. draws down Ukraine embassy presence as war fears mount. The State Department on Sunday ordered the families of all American personnel at the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine to leave the country amid heightened fears of a Russian invasion. The Department of the Dependents of the Staffers of the U.S. Embassy in Kiev told that they must, were told they must leave the country. 
It also said that non-essential embassy staff could leave Ukraine at government expense. The move came amid rising tensions about Russia's military buildup on the Ukraine border and that were not eased during talks on Friday between Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Russian Foreign Mil Minister Sergei Lavrov in Geneva. The State Department officials stressed that Kyiv embassy will remain open and that the announcement does not constitute an evacuation. And One American News. Taiwan reports new large-scale Chinese Air Force incursion. LifeSite reports Every Child Matters. Popular priest Father Mike Schmitz gives epic keynote speech at 2022 March for Life. Father Mike Schmitz, the Minnesota-based Catholic priest behind the massively popular Bible in Day podcast, which has topped the charts in the United States and overseas, took the stage as keynote speaker at the Washington, D.C. March for Life on Friday, sharing his personal connection with the pro-life movement and driving home the simple truth that every human life matters. Schmitz noted that his focus on the sanctity of human life could be traced back to his home life and described three images his mother had put up on the refrigerator, which made an impact on him. The first one was of a baby that was only a few weeks old that had died because of an eptopic pregnancy, he said, explaining that although the child had just been conceived weeks before, it was obvious that the tiny infant was a human person that mattered. The second image was of a cartoon which pointed out the absurdity of the left-wing secular perspective which could denigrate human life in the womb while lobbying to save the whales. And the third image was an image of a garbage bag that was wide open, the priest continued, and that garbage bag were remains of children that had been aborted and that were being thrown away in the trash. But some pro-lifers had rescued the remains of the babies to treat them like people, because those babies matter, because people matter. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Francis de Sales. It was born on August 21st, 1567, right after the beginning of the Protestant Revolution. Francis was, dis uh, was destined by his father to be a lawyer so that the young man could eventually take his elder's place as a senator from the province of Savoy in France. For this reason, Francis went, was sent to Padua to study law. After receiving his doctorate, he returned home, and in due time, he told his parents he wished to enter the priesthood. His father strongly opposed Francis in this, and only after much patient persuasiveness on the part of the gentle Francis did his father finally consent. Francis was ordained and elected provost of the Diocese of Geneva, then a center for the Calvinist. Francis sent out to convert them, and especially in the district of Chabalis, by preaching and distributing the little pamphlets he wrote to explain the true Catholic doctrine. He had remarkable success. At the age of 35, he became a bishop of Geneva. While administering his diocese, he continued to preach, hear confessions, and catechize the children. His gentle character was a great asset to winning souls. He practiced his own maxim of a spoonful of honey attracts more flies than a barrel full of vinegar. Besides his two well-known books, The Introduction to the Devout Life and A Treatise on the Love of God, he wrote many pamphlets and carried on a vast correspondence. For his writing, he was, had been named patron of the Catholic press. His writings, filled with his characteristic gentle spirit, are addressed to lay people. He wanted to make them understand that they too are called to be saints. As he wrote in the introduction of the devout life, it is an error, or rather a heresy, to say devotion is incompatible with the life of a soldier, a tradesman, a prince, or a married woman. It has happened that many have lost perfection in the desert who have pre preserved it in the world. He died on December 28, 1622. St. Francis de Sales, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 3, verses 22 through 30. 
The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Amen, I say to you. All sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Ghost will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Venerable Bede said, For what they could not deny... They endeavor to pervert by a malicious interpretation, as if they were not the works of God, but of a most unclean spirit, that is, of Beelzebub, who was the god of Ekron. Close quote, Venerable Bede, pray for us. I like this little tiny quote for a couple of reasons. Number one, it, it uh, emphasizes their need to try to pervert our Lord by malicious interpretation, understanding their intent, I think, matters, but also that these, uh, these, these gods in these foreign lands, these pagan gods, these were really demons. Do you want to worship a demon? Do you want to have anything to do with demons? Then avoid the occult, avoid paganism, because this is one of the main themes of sacred scripture, Old, Test- Old Testament and New. Avoid having anything to do with these demons. And our Lord masterfully uh, puts them in their place, so to speak, in this regard. Uh, Here is the binding of the strong man. Theophilus said the meaning of the example is this. The devil is the strong man. His goods are the man into whom he is received. Unless, therefore, a man first conquers the devil, how can he deprive him of his goods? That is of the men whom he has possessed. So also I who spoil his goods, that is, free men from suffering by his possession, first spoil the devils and vanquish them, and am their enemy. How then can ye say that I have Beelzebub, and that being the friend of the devil, I cast them out? Our Lord comes to free us from the slavery from the diabolical manipulations. Let's trust in Jesus today. Let's flock and run to Him. We'll be right back. What's concerning us is next. So you're driving to work while listening to Catholic Drive Time. But you're not just driving any car. You're driving a midnight black 2022 GLA 250. Make 2022 your year by supporting the GRN and possibly winning a GLA 250 by going to grnonline.com and buying five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. Raffle ends February 21st and you must be 18 or older to participate. We live with the illusion that we are in control. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. 
Yet, how much of life actually is under our control? We need to develop our talents and make prudent preparations for the future, but how many times have our plans been sidetracked by forces outside our control? Sometimes, unexpected changes have even opened up new opportunities. In his rule, St. Benedict talks about the beauty and purpose of monastic life. The rule is very successful at separating the monks who live according to its teaching from the illusion of control, giving us a peaceful confidence in God's provident care. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. It's all preparation for our last act of letting go of control when we will have to commend our life trustingly into the Father's hands and death. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at uh, 35 past the hour, Dr. Ralph Martin, president of Renewal Ministries and professor of theology at the Sacred Heart Seminary, is going to be our guest to talk about Fatima and uh, trying to understand, in light of Fatima, the greatest Samaritan apparition in the history of the world, trying to understand the fall of Christianity or the continuing decline. Uh, Where's the silver lining? Where's the message of hope? We're going to have that conversation with Dr. Ralph Martin coming up in just a little while. But uh, joining us right now by phone is Barry Smith with the Catholic Media Association with a brand new documentary out detailing the foundation of the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Good morning to you, Mr. Smith. Joe, hi, good morning. How are you? Praise be to God, I am alive and that counts. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you are on with us this morning. Uh, the first five, first seven steps. dot com. First seven steps. dot com. Tell us about this project. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, that's right. First seven steps. dot com is uh, based on the history of the March for Life and its founders. Um, I did a documentary a number of years ago uh, with a friend. It was called Forty. It was at the 40th anniversary of the federal decision. And I met a lady back then who lives in my area, and we were talking, and I discovered she was one of the founders of the March for Life. And wow. I said, well, we've got to capture that story. i got to hear about it. And in the ensuing months and couple years after, we gradually started peeling the layers back, and I, I, I discovered not you know, the who's and the what's and the where's and the when's and why's, but how everything came together back in really in October of 73, after the federal decision came down and these pro-life leaders that were already established in organizations uh, where abortion was legal and there were pro-life organizations, uh, they were invited to Washington, D.C. by from Nellie Gray, and six of them responded. And in October of 73, Nellie held a meeting in her house with a bunch of uh, constituents from the D.C. area. And in that inner beltway, they all said, no, we can't do anything. It's January. Nobody will come. We don't have the money. We can't organize it. And then these six leaders were invited to stay at Nellie's for dinner. And Nellie said, now I want to hear what you have to say. And these six other people, along with Nellie, 
uh, Marianne Pierce, Peggy Jaycox, John Maughan, Lou Gardner, Bill Devlin, and Eileen Vogel all went around the table and unanimously said, yes, we need to do this. And they constructed the very first organized March for Life based on the sole purpose of an adoption of a mandatory human life amendment to the Constitution. It was only going to be a one-time event. It was, it was their sole purpose to get this amendment, and obviously they didn't get it, but they did raise enough money where they said, well, we're going to have it again the following year in 1975. And thus, the roots of the March for Life were formed. And we just had a very historic March for Life, where maybe the last one on the federal level, we'll have to see this coming June. But all those efforts, all those roots, all those foundations were based on these seven people that took the first steps to say yes we need to protect the fundamental principles of life. Uh, Barry Smith is our guest, Catholic Media Association, and the documentary film uh, can be found uh, linked up at firstsevensteps.com. That's firstsevensteps.com. Barry, do you think that they – did they have an understanding or an awareness of the historical implications of what they were trying to accomplish? I don't, th- I don't think in terms of the historical perspective um, – no, like I said, their goal was just to have a one-time march. They they were going to get the they were going to get the mandatory amendment to the Constitution, and following the Supreme Court decision, you know, I think a lot of them were, you know, overwhelmingly shocked because if you you know when we had the the last presidential election, and you know Donald Trump was leaving office and he had appointed the Supreme Court justices, and everybody said, well, my God, if, if a Democrat gets in office, you know, who are, who are they going to appoint? And, it, and it's such a political issue today that, you know, the Supreme Court is kind of tied in with the presidential election. And back in 1972, you know, the Supreme Court justices were, you had four justices that were appointed by Richard Nixon, and by today's standards, you would say, well, he was a conservative Republican. You had two that were appointed by Dwight Eisenhower, and you would say, well, he was a conservative Republican. And then you had one by John Kennedy and one by Lyndon Johnson. And you even have one going back to Franklin Roosevelt. So the, the court was balanced or overwhelmingly in favor of life based on a political point of view. And it wasn't it wasn't an issue back in 1972 that the court is balanced on pro-life. It was just the Supreme Court. And when they when when Harry Blackman rendered that decision on a seven to two, I think people were just shocked, overwhelmingly set back, not based on their pro-life or pro-choice issue, just the fact that they could render such a decision. And so. I, they didn't see it as historic. They saw it as a call to action, a grassroots grassroots movement, call to action. This is what we're going to do right now, and we're going to get this overturned. You know, that's fascinating because there was a, a movie that came out last year, I think it was, uh, about Roe v. Wade and sort of detailing mm-hmm. the circumstances. And uh, based on what you were just saying, you know, theoretically on paper, these judges should have 
should have uh, leaned more pro-life, but yet the decision came out quite opposite to that. And here we are, all of these years later, still marching, and possibly we're on the cusp of a major overhaul overturn in in June, but we don't know. Um, but as this generation, this first generation of the march begins to pass away into time, Nellie Gray, I think, died in what 2012. Correct. Right. So how those that survive? How are they feeling about the movement at this point? Do you have any sense of that? Uh, I do. Yeah, the, the, I've interviewed four of the seven founders. Uh, Nellie passed away in 2012. John Maughan passed away in 2005. And one of the seven we just can't find, Mary Ann Pierce. Uh, hmm. We've looked and looked. And um, she was. Uh, she came out of a pro-life organization in Virginia, which is still in existence today. And um, there's just no trace of her. And um, she only stayed for the first march. She was on, she was one of the seven, and then she left. Um, but Peggy J. Cox and Eileen Vogel and Bill Devlin and Lou Gardner um, are have all expressed their their concerns over the way the march, not the march itself, but the the, the tide of the country mm. continues to flow in favor of death. Uh, wow. Um, how hard was it to get that first march, uh, uh, you know, up and running? I can imagine, like, and we, this year, I w- I'm so blessed and so surprised to see how many people came out to a march in a city that tried its best to make it difficult for them to come. Yeah, they did a fantastic job. This year. Jeannie Mancini organized a fabulous march in spite of uh, a pandemic that shadows everybody and hovers like a, uh, you know, a cloud over us still. Uh, but to get that many people and organize that event like that was just multiple praises to her for, for bringing all those people together. Um, the first March was, like I said, every, the, the, the seven people were in Nellie Gray's house in 1973 of October. And so they had four months to get everything organized and they had no money. They had, they had a sketchy game plan, but they had, they had the right people. And Eileen Vogel came from Pittsburgh for uh, women concerned for the unborn child. She went back to Pittsburgh and she worked the phones and she said, I have to have some organized plan here to get a grassroots message out. And she had, you know, a, a baby on her hip, you know, young children in the house. And the first person she called was Joe Scheidler. And Joe, although he was not at the first march, was already involved in pro-life through, from Illinois. And Eileen got a hold of Joe, and she said, I, I need to get messages out, and I need to uh, let people know what we're doing. And Joe said, well, I've got an answering machine, and I think you should use one. And if, for anybody that's old enough to remember <laughs> the endless loop outgoing message and the 90-minute incoming cassette tape that recorded all the messages. Yeah. That's what she put in her house. Wow. And uh, she would continuously update the outgoing looped endless loop message. And she worked the phones. John Juan was in the busing industry and he organized all the buses for the first March. Bill Devlin actually created the rose emblem, the, the rose that wraps around the Capitol. Oh, wow. That it, he designed that himself. Uh, Peggy J. Cox, was a former police officer from Maryland, a no-nonsense bulldog attitude, and they were at I, they were at 
Nellie's house on that October night, and she went to the refrigerator to get something to drink. And she was inspired with the thought of, we're going to have a rose campaign. And that this story in itself is fascinating. They they got a team of volunteers together, and they sent out letters, handwritten letters all across the country to senators, congressmen, all the constituents saying, if you want to support life, send us a donation, and we will represent you with a rose to your local representative. And they sent out over 20,000 letters, maybe 30,000, handwritten. And then they got responses back, and they would record every response and every name and document where all these came from. And then as it progressed into December, the donations kind of dried up, and Peggy thought, well, it's because of Christmas and New Year. And one of her volunteers went to the mailbox at the post office to see if there was anything in the P.O. box. (laughs) And a, a clerk came out and said, is that your P.O. box? And yes. He goes, well, hold on. And he came out from the back room with three gunny sacks full of mail. Wow. And he said, what do you want me to do with them? And she said, well, could you bring them to the house? And the team of volunteers opened up every single letter by hand, and they had over $45,000. And that was, that's what financed the first March for Life. We're, we're down to just about a minute now with Barry Smith, Catholic Media Association. Let me ask you really quick here with the very little time we have left. How, how can people f- watch this film? Uh, well, you can, you can go to first7steps.com, and uh, you, you'll see multiple trailers, and then you can, uh, you'll find out how the film is going to come together. Uh, we're at the stage where we're either singly release it or put it into a docuseries. Uh, you can contact me for further details on all this. Um, my personal is riverwoodsberry at gmail and uh, if you want to get involved or volunteer or learn more I would be glad to share all this with you All right, Barry Smith, Catholic Media Association Uh, first7steps.com is the website first7steps.com Barry, God bless you, thanks for being on with us today Thank you, God bless you Praise be to God, that's going to uh, That music means we got to go to a break. We're going to be right back. Rudy Carlos is coming up next with breaking news. Plus, Dr. Ralph Martin is going to be our guest to talk about the fall of Christianity. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when you try to keep up with the current fashions? You go nuts. When we are obsessed with keeping up with the times, we become slaves. Fashions are never settled. To chase something that is always changing is simply futile. It's not freedom, it's insanity. G.K. Chesterton says, The Catholic Church is the only thing that saves a man from the degrading slavery of being a child of his age. Christianity is always out of fashion because it's always sane, and fashions are always insane. The Catholic Church never has to worry about being behind the times, because it is beyond the times. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the Word of God. 
the GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com slash raffle. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now more headlines. The Blaze reports the Federal Reserve moves forward with digital currency initiative. Physical currency may soon be a thing of the past as the United States Federal Reserve takes the next step in completely digitizing the dollar. On Thursday, the Federal Reserve released a report titled Money and Payments, the U.S. Dollar in the Age of Digital Transformation, detailing a role that various cryptocurrencies and digital payment processors play in the American economy while suggesting policy considerations for the creation and adoption of the central bank digital currency. As of 2021, tens of millions of Americans are invested into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, and as the global economy becomes more and more digitized, the federal government seeks a bigger piece of the action. And it kind of sounds like anything to keep the dollar afloat, huh? It's like uh, life support here. And Breitbart reports PETA VP blasts crazy NIH transgender monkey experiments, demands Fauci be fired. And the Epic Times reports cruise ship with hundreds of people on board diverts to Bahamas after U.S. issues arrest warrant. A Miami judge issued a warrant that gives officials the ability to seize the Crystal Symphony ship if it enters U.S. waters. Passengers and crew on, the bo- on board told news outlets that the cruise ship was diverted to the Bahamas instead of returning to South Florida. Zivi Medina, a vendor aboard the Crystal Symphony, told NBC Miami that there are no passengers on board now. The only people on board are crew members and vendors. In a court complaint, Peninsula Petroleum claimed that Crystal Cruises owes the firm $4.6 million in unpaid fuel bills, including $1 million from the Crystal Symphony alone, according to Local 10. According to court documents, Peninsula has not paid for the maritime necessities provided to the vessel and therefore proceeds to arrest it. A Miami-based judge issued a warrant saying officials can seize the ship, NBC Miami reported. And The Blaze reports, business is booming for openly conservative moving company, moving, helping blue state refugees flee to Florida. I happen to be a blue state refugee myself. A factor for some Americans moving out of their states is to flee blue states with draconian pandemic restrictions for red states that allow more freedom. The openly conservative Florida moving company has capitalized on the shifting population trends. The Blue Line Moving Company is reaping in the rewards from a massive population changes across the country. The Florida-based moving company is owned by John Rourke, a a supporter of the law enforcement, hence the name Blue Line Moving. Between 2020 and 2021, 33 states saw population increases, and 17, including the District of Columbia, lost population, 11 of which had losses of over 10,000 people, the Census Bureau noted. This is a historically large number of states to lose population in a year. According to the U.S. Census Bureau data, the South had a positive net domestic migration of about 657,000 between 2020 and 2021 and now has 38.3% of the total U.S. population. The states with the largest net domestic migration gains were Florida, Texas, and Arizona, which are red states. Let's hope they stay red. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, I was just looking at uh, a document that I put together a couple years ago when I pulled the stats from CARA, which is an organization that maintains them for the USCCB, and it's maintained on the Georgetown University website. You could Google it, and you can find it today. But these are old stats. These are from 2018. 
And in and back in 18, you know, there's the group of Catholics who were raised Catholic, self-identify, but left and no longer identify. That group over the past 50 years has gone up 646 percent. Parishes without a resident pastor has gone up to 489 percent in the last 50 years. Uh, baptism, baptisms of infants down 44 percent. Baptisms of adults down 40 are 54 percent. Marriages down 67 percent. Uh, Catholics who attend Mass weekly, down 34%. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And I was just listening to a conversation between Matt Frad and Dr. Ralph Martin on uh, Pints with Aquinas and listening to Dr. Martin talk about Fatima and talk about some of these declines. Uh, I, I felt like there, uh, it could be a great conversation to have and, and to find that silver lining, to find that uh, the hope, right, that we all really need. So we've invited him on. He joins us now by Zoom. Good morning to you, Dr. Ralph Martin. Good morning from a cold, wintry, snowy Michigan. <laughs> Praise be to God. Well, we're glad for you, uh, uh, your time, and your and your joining us this morning. And again, just the stats are depressing. But Ireland, uh, Montreal, France, Spain—you know—it does seem that Christianity is declining almost on every front. Uh, in light of the greatest apparition in the history of the world, Fatima, and uh, the promises there, how do we wrap our heads around all of this, Doctor Ralph Martin? I think one of the messages of Fatima is that. If we don't return to God, forget it. <laughs> Things aren't going to go well in the world, you know. And, you know, Mary began by saying, you know, the current war, which was a horrible war, World War One, is going to end soon. But if there isn't repentance, if there isn't turning back to God, there's going to be a worse war. And we know that maybe 20 million people died in World War One, 50 million in World War Two, And then the, the prophecy that, you know, if there isn't repentance... Russia is going to spread its errors throughout the whole world. Now we have the situation where Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, is saying, I see what's going on in the West. And we've been there. We've done that. And it doesn't work. You know, the, the, the rejection of fundamental realities like male and female, marriage, children, uh, it, it, it's, it's a recipe for hell on earth. We've done it, and it doesn't work, and we see it happening in the West. It's, it's your business. You could do it if you want, but just let me say what, what's going on with children right now in the West and the whole transgender stuff. He says it's, it's like a crime against humanity, and it is. You know, I think we're going to look back someday and say, how did the medical profession ever kind of get into this mass delusion that this is somehow going to make people happy to uh, – deny their biological reality rather than dealing with the psychological issues that are at the base of it. And, and like the Nazi doctors in World War II who did medical experiments, we're going to say, how did these doctors ever do this thing? You know, and, and so I think we're really in a serious situation. And I don't think that the situation of the world, as you just pointed out, since World War II up until the present day has gotten better. In fact, I would say there's an accelerating rejection of God an accelerating proud rebellion against God, uh, an accelerating stupidity. You know, I mean, how stupid of God's creatures to mock him, to rebel against him. And of course, what Mary says, and this is the only thing we all know, she said it all six of the apparitions, is pray the rosary every day for world peace. 
So right now, surprisingly, uh, you know, on the very border of Ukraine and Russia, we're, we're kind of wondering what's going to happen, you know, you know, so we're, we're in danger, the world's in danger today. And, and Mary's, Mary's warning about what we have to do to come back from the brink uh, is, is so relevant. It has to be repentance. It has to be conversion. Uh, it has to be, you know, offering sacrifices for the salvation of souls. You know, I, I have to tell you that when, when the angel told the children that they should kind of, you know, offer sacrifice for reparation for sins and for the conversion of sinners, it struck me. And then, of course, Mary told the children the same thing in, in the following year. And, uh, and then another thing that Mary said that just so much struck me that I, I think about it often, she says, so many souls are going to hell because so few people are willing to offer sacrifice and pray for them. And we, we just got to really pay attention to what Mary's saying, because how extraordinary is it that God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ would give us the extra help of a warning from his mother? You know, basically, Mary's just saying, pay attention to what Jesus is saying, you know, repent, or you're going to die in your sins, you know, or, you know, unless you receive the hour of your visitation, disaster is going to come. So how merciful of God to kind of remind us of what's there in black and white in the sacred Mm. scripture and the teaching of the church that people aren't paying attention to. It's like the Lord sent prophets to the old Testament. He's sending Mary really as a prophetic messenger to say, wake up, pay attention to what God's revealing, pay attention to, the law. Anyway, so I think I went on too long there. <laughs> we, we have about two minutes. Your le- opening uh, question. <laughs> we have about two minutes till we go to break, uh, and then we'll have another segment of this conversation. But one question I had, you know, is we're thinking of Our Lady Fatima here. We're thinking of, we're hearing uh, wars and rumors of war, and it makes me think of Matthew. Uh, whenever he, right there in Scripture, our Lord says that we're going to hear tale of wars and rumors of wars. And But don't worry, though, because these things must happen, but the end will not come yet. Um, and this just makes me think of Our Lady Fatima, and we're seeing all these things. You mentioned a number of them, uh, the transgender movement, all these things that are rising up. And it seems like these things are inevitable, that they are going to happen, and there's no political solution. We are, everyone's talking about, we got to vote harder, we need to do X, we need to do Y, we need to vote this person off, this passes bill, and then we'll save it. But it seems like we're just attacking the symptoms and not the problem. Uh, with about a minute before we go to break, what would you say? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I, you know, I, I do a lot of clergy convocations and clergy study days, and I'm in touch with a lot of dioceses. I teach at the seminary in Detroit, live in the diocese of Lansing, and so many dioceses now are looking at the statistics that you just mentioned are saying, we've got to do something. And what they're doing is more on the level of restructuring organizations and processes, merging parishes, combining things, you know, downsizing, managing decline. And those things probably necessary to happen because you you can't keep buildings open if you can't pay for them type of thing. But the underlying problem is not really being addressed squarely, which is people have drifted away from believing the word of God. People have drifted away from understanding the holiness of God. People have drifted away from paying attention to Jesus. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Dr. Ralph Martin's our guest professor of theology and president of Renewal Ministries. We'll be right back. More coming up next. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. What do quasi-Christian sects like Jehovah's Witnesses and Star Wars have in common? They all talk about a force. For these sects, the impersonal force is the Holy Spirit. They believe this because in John 14, 26, the Greek word for spirit, pneuma, is neuter, as opposed to personal terms like father and son. So how do we respond? Well, first, if we hold to this line of reasoning, we're going to have to say God himself is an impersonal force because he's referred to as spirit in John 4, 24. But these sects wouldn't want to make that conclusion. Second, the verse that's used in the objection says of the Holy Spirit, He will teach you all things. Folks, impersonal forces don't teach. So the Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force. He's a person that we can have a relationship with. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Dr. Ralph Martin's our guest, professor of Sacred Heart Major Seminary, but also the president of Renewal Ministries. We're talking about uh, dealing with, wrapping our heads around, trying to understand the fall of Christianity, at least seemingly uh, in light of uh, the greatest apparition in the history of the world, Our Lady of Fatima. Pray for us. Dr. Martin, welcome back to the show. Sure. Um, I, it's above my pay grade to, to say for sure whether or not the consecration happened. Uh, my own personal opinion has to—I think I lean towards—I don't see how it's possible, given all of the circumstantial evidence that we described at the beginning of our conversation, and we could re- reiterate, I suppose, but um, how, how does—part of, of the current scandal in the Church, in my opinion— you know, financial, sexual scandals inside the church at the highest levels even. Um, but also, like, the average lay Catholic, the average, you know, Catholic mom has to know the Council of Trent to, to sort out fact from fiction. Like, to me, that's part of the scandal. Like, that's, that's, a, that's above our pay grade. That's not our vocation in life. You know, but yet we're, we're here. We're having, to, we're having to filter everything that comes our way because we just don't know we can trust things anymore. I feel like that's part of the decline. What say you, Dr. Ralph Martin? Yes. Um, I, I think it's a little bit like the story of the frog in the pot of water where the temperature is gradually rising and it feels pleasant for a while, there's no danger, and all of a sudden it gets so hot the frog is dead. I think gradually over many years, uh, you know, the, the temperature has been rising uh, in our culture, the, the, the forces that are hostile to Christ and the church have been growing, and that's had an impact on our leadership. That's had an impact on our priests and bishops. I think that uh, we're really been invested for many years now of kind of fitting in and being accepted, you know, us immigrant Catholics sort of really making it in America. I remember when I was at Notre Dame, you know, Father Hesburgh was saying we got to be the Catholic Harvard type of thing. And so there's a, a strong desire to kind of be accepted according to the world standards. And what that did gradually over a period of time is that we began to shut up 
about things that our culture didn't really like. Uh, right now, we're in a situation where many priests and bishops just don't want to talk about marriage, family life, sexuality. Priests don't, when, when the readings come up in the liturgy about fornication, adultery, homosexual activity, they skip that readings or they bracket it and they talk about something else. And so what we've been silent about those parts of the gospel that most conflict with secular culture, uh, we don't want to say that people need to believe and repent and be baptized and become part of the church. You know, we don't, we don't want to say that clearly. Uh, we want to get along. We want to do religious dialogue. Religious dialogue is good, but the, the main mission of the Catholic Church isn't saving the Amazon. The, the main mission of the Catholic Church isn't kind of improving the environment. Those are good things to do. But the main mission of the Catholic Church is to proclaim our Lord Jesus Christ as the only Lord and Savior by which anybody can be saved and calling everybody on the face of the earth, Muslim, Jew, Buddhist, fallen away Catholic, uh, nun, to 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 receive Jesus and to become part of his body, the church. That's the mission, and it's gotten submerged into this worldly concerns. And unfortunately, this confusion in Rome these days, this confusion, division amongst our bishops here in the United States, I've actually written a book called The Church in Crises, Pathways Forward, that really tries to identify these forces and what's going on so people can actually be freed from the oppression and the confusion and recover their confidence in the truth and the faith. Mr. Martin, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that book because my question was, uh, you know, it helps to identify what these these problems are in the culture, in the church, you know, in our own personal life so that, you know, having identified them, we can work to move to correct them. Um, what, in your opinion, are those things that we should look out for? And also to follow up, uh, who, who should we look to? Uh, should we look to our hierarchy to, to fix these problems, or do we do that in, in our own personal life? Yeah, well, ch chapter two of the book says, is there a solid place to stand? And what it says is basically we need to start by recovering our confidence in the truth of the faith. We've got to recover our confidence, first of all, in the inspiration and errancy of sacred scripture. And I talk about what Vatican II actually teaches about how we're approached, supposed to approach sacred scripture. Section 11 of Dei Verbum says, everything asserted by the sacred authors should be considered to be asserted by the Holy Spirit to teach faithfully, firmly, and without error those truths which God has consigned to the sacred writings for the sake of our salvation. And that's been carried forward over 2,000 years of, of, of Christian tradition, and we find it in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So if you're getting contradictory things in your parish, if you're getting confusing things out of Rome, the faith is carried forward in a reliable, totally confident way in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And sacred scripture is, is an incredible gift from God that teaches faithfully, firmly, without error, those truths for our salvation. So we have a solid place to stand, but we need to recover it. And we need to identify the deceptions that are confusing us and undermining our confidence in the faith as a start. Then there needs to be personal repentance. There needs to be a personal examination of conscience. We need to wake up to spiritual warfare. We need to pay attention to Mary at Fatima. You know, the, the, the whole second part of the book, seven chapters, talks about pathways forward and includes all those kinds of things. Um, there's a certain group or certain uh you know, part of the Catholic Church or the body of Christ who, who, who thinks that they might be able to vote 
peace into the world, right? We might, we might be able to just do some things and then there'll be peace and everything will go back to normal and then we'll be fine. Um, I, I've always felt like we're, we're leading up to something. We're, we're, I always felt like there's a big shoe that's going to drop at some point in the future. I have no idea when. Um, but is there an idea that there could be a season of peace before the final consummation of the world? Or does the church teach that things are going to heat up to the Great Tribulation and then the end, then comes the end? Well, that's a bit of a mystery. You know, what, what the promised period of peace is that comes from Marian apparitions, that, that's a bit of mystery how that all works, whether that's going to be a short period, whether it's going to be a long period, uh, how it's going to fit into uh, what the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches about the final trial of the church, uh, uh, the final apostasy, uh, the rise of the Antichrist. You know, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, on which the, the Catechism bases its teaching, says two big things are going to happen before the Lord returns. One is a great apostasy, uh, and, and we're certainly seeing a great apostasy. Whether it's the final apostasy or not, we're not going to know unless the Lord returns or not. That's the only way we're going to tell, but it's a pretty significant, awful apostasy. The second thing is a certain restrainer on the work of evil is going to be removed. And then we're going to see unrestrained lawlessness and the rise of the Antichrist. And then we're going to see, and this is really shocking, it says those who are destined to perish Mm. will believe the lies of the Antichrist, will be mesmerized by his false signs and wonders, and will perish. And then a a deeper darkness will come upon their soul because they've turned away from the light and opened themselves to deception. It says those who are on their way to perishing are those who refuse to open their hearts to the truth in order to be saved. That's why the truth is so important. That's why Jesus says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's why we have to fight for the clarity and the power and the authority of the truth of our faith revealed to us by God. You know, it makes I don't me- know. Hey, we're, we're going to have to see. You know, n- nobody has it all mapped out. We shouldn't even try to get it mapped out, but we should pay attention to the underlying warnings. Get with God. Pay attention to him. Obey him. Repent. Turn away from the, the deception in the atmosphere. You know, we. I was thinking when you were saying that and talking about what like, the timeline of what would what might happen and what form that would look at like. I was thinking about the book, The Crusader of the 20th Century, The Prophet of the Reign of Mary, written by Roberto de Matei. And I was just thinking how the, so many of the prophecies of the reign of Mary and what that would look like. And I can't but think about the fact that uh, Christendom and the height of Christendom, if that was such a beautiful and wonderful time, uh, despite the fact that there were so many wars and things happening all over the place, the reign of Mary will be uh, 10 times that. And so while we do have a period where we're going, there's going to be uh, much the turmoil and the things that are going to be very bad. Our lady's a good mother. And she says that in the end, our my immaculate heart will triumph. And uh, the, the devil's head was made to be crushed. And so uh, what do you say about the coming of the reign of Mary that is said to have to come uh, prophesied by our lady Fatima? I, I have to tell you, it's a mystery. It really, really is. You know, uh, the the victory, the the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. What 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 is devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary? Devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is devotion to the person who has loved Jesus, who has understood Jesus, who has obeyed Jesus more than any human being ever would or could or has. And so, I, I think about this a little bit, like Saint Paul says. 
follow me as I follow Jesus. And so Mary's saying, follow me, kind of learn from my heart, learn from my mind, learn from my emotions, learn from my spirit, how profoundly I love Jesus and join me in that. And so the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary is ultimately going to be the triumph of her son, Jesus. And how that all shapes up, we're just going to have to see. Clearly, God the Father, clearly Jesus is giving a very important role to Mary in his triumph. So her triumph is going to be his triumph. And how it all looks, it's going to be pretty amazing. Uh, she's going to she's going to be like the woman, you know, with stars and the sun. Uh, people are going to marvel at what God has entrusted to a human being. People are going to marvel about the dignity that God has given to human flesh. You know, I, I have to tell you before we end here that uh, I was born on the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So I have, a, I have a I have a warm spot in my heart. For <laughs> well, Mary's happy birthday to you. Uh, that wasn't yeah, all that long yeah. ago. It was just it, about it, a month. Guadalupe Radio. I, I love yeah, so. Praise be to God. Well, we're very grateful to have had you on the program today. Dr. Ralph Martin, president of Renewal Ministries. Thank you for your time today. God love you. Okay, you too. Uh, check out his book, A Church in Crisis. You can find it probably linked up on Amazon. But you know what? Why not, uh, why not check your local Catholic bookstore? Great way to support their apostolate as well, A Church in Crisis by Dr. Ralph Martin. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. We'll try to get this conversation posted up as a standalone interview on our social feeds. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to find those all linked up there. And uh, otherwise, if you can join us in the second hour, we'd love to have you. We have a good news story, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. Plus, we're going to play our game Fear and Trembling when prizes are involved and you could win. So tune in online, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. As a Catholic single, imagine walking up to that pretty lady and saying, Hey, you, get out of my dreams and into my 2022 Midnight Black GLA 250. Well, the GRN has given you a chance to make that dream a reality. Between now and February 21st, go to grnonline.com, buy five tickets for $100 or $25 for one, and let her come to you. Father John Bartunik, in his book, The Better Part, wrote, Gratitude is one of the most beautiful flowers in the whole garden of virtues. It directly contradicts self-centeredness, 
self-indulgence, and self-absorption. It builds bridges, unites communities, and softens hearts. It encourages and inspires. It cuts through discouragement and counteracts depression. It opens the soul to the truth and releases anxiety. It brings smiles and gladness wherever it blooms. What a pity that it is as rare as it is lovely. When was the last time you were truly grateful to our Lord for the spouse He has given to you? When was the last time that you told your spouse you are very grateful for him or her? Gratitude goes a long way in healing wounds. Give it a try. Go home today and tell your spouse how grateful to God you are that he or she married you. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Monday, January the 24th, 2022. Praise be to Jesus. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Dr. Ralph Martin, a professor of theology at the uh, Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, also the president of Renewal Ministries. A uh, great conversation, an important one, I think, about, you know, how do, we, how do we deal with what seems to be the decline of Christianity around the world and, uh, and these difficult days we live in. Where's the silver lining? Where's the hope? That conversation will be posted to our social feed soon. You can find all of those linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Don't forget to pick up your car raffle tickets when you're on our website. We're going to be giving somebody a brand new Mercedes, a 2022 uh, Mercedes GLA 250 in night black. Quite nice. And you could, it could be you. You might be driving away in this by the end of February, but uh, all proceeds go to support the Guadalupe Radio Network. So one thing you could do, if you want to be extra awesome, is not just buy the tickets. You can get five for 100 bucks, by the way. Uh, but instead, call your local GRN station manager and ask them how to get the tickets and then obviously say, hey, by, by the way, how do I help you 10x this for the local station, for my local Catholic radio station? So make that phone call. You can find their contact information on our website. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Scroll down to your My Local Station area on the homepage. You'll not only find the link to the car, but you'll also find your local station manager there as well. So that's grnonline.com. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Have you ever seen the movie The Professor and the Madman? (laughs) Oh, my. No. Why do you hate all movies? Are you making ever? these movies up? You hate. I've every never movie heard any ever. any movie you you say. I've never heard of. I've never seen it. Sean Penn, Mel Gibson, 
Uh, as well as a bunch of other really big actors. <laughs> You've never heard of them. I'm going to flip the table on you. Do, have, All right. Have you, you, have you, you seen Knights of Kiberia? Uh, let's talk about the, the professor of the Mad <laughs> Have you ever? Do you even know who Mel Gibson is? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you at least we're there. You know, I want to tell... I'm wondering, have you, dear listener, seen The Professor and the Mad Men? I'd like to chat with you about that in our after show, uh, which is the second half of this hour on one of our live video feeds. I'd love to get your take on that. I think it is the, the, uh, the Braveheart. It is the William Wallace we should have had the first time. William Wallace. Oh, man. I'll tell you more about that in the after show. Speaking of which, love strange Scottish accents. Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to Adrian. Do I have a Scottish accent? No, but the guy next to you at the March for Life rally wearing the awesome kilts oh, playing the bagpipes had to have had a great well, Scottish no, accent. Well, no. Unfortunately, Mr. John Paul does not have a Scottish accent. Darn it. Oh, but, uh, turn no, in, but turn praise in the be kilt. to God, it was a great trip to Austin. And I got to meet Nick, which apparently Nicola, who uh, hangs out with us on Odyssey, he goes by Nick. And uh, his wife said, man, it's so weird hearing people call him Nicola. Uh, nobody calls him that. Everybody just calls him Nick. <laughs> so there you go, folks. And so it was a blessing to meet you. And we uh, had a great time. We were praying the rosary, doing the March for Life. It was uh, great having Our Lady Fatima there. And I had a privilege of carrying her, being the Our Lady's honor guard. It was amazing walking back to the van to put Our Lady up. When we were going, we were singing Marian hymns, and people would just like start kneeling down as we were passing by and bowing their heads as Our Lady Fatima passed by, taking their hats off. Now, the reverence there was is, amazing. Is that the statue that weeped? No, no, that's, that's not the original that's one. That's not the original. It's a replica. I got mm -hmm. it. Okay. Because there's another one that did. It's pretty cool. We had right. that conversation. Yeah, this one, the one that the TFP carry around everywhere. Mm. So if you ever see the TFP statue, it's an exact one-to-one -one replica of the statue, of the International Pilgrim statue, the one that weeped, wept in uh, Louisiana. Uh, at the. It actually started weeping right when Roe v. Wade was uh, passed. Wow. So there you go. Pretty powerful. We did have a conversation with the steward of that. We did. Uh, how long? That was like months ago. Uh, probably months. like six months ago. Yeah, it was probably. a while back. Uh, maybe I'll send that as a re as a reminder this Thursday the, to the CDT Insider email list. It's a great interview. So uh, check that out. Be Make sure you're on our email list this week, which you can find linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Okay, we're going to jump in. We have a good news story for you, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. Then our game show, Fear and Trembling, is coming up at 15 past the hour with a brand new prize sponsor and a pack to give away to you this week. So make sure that you're our first caller when the time comes. You can, again, find all the rules and even the phone number linked on our website. But I'll give it to you when the time comes. Let's pray for the conversion of sinners around the world and an end to abortion, end to the genocide. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. Breitbart reports Cornhole Tournament brings in $4,500 to aid homeless veterans. Your support helps us. An organization called Homes for the Brave held a Cornhole Tournament Saturday in Connecticut, and participants raised approximately $4,500 to go towards homeless veterans. Homes for the Brave, a nonprofit group, is on a mission to provide housing and services for veterans experiencing homelessness, WT, 
NH reported. In a social media post on Saturday, the group shared photos and videos of people enjoying the event in Trumbull, Connecticut. Our winter cornhole tournament is underway. Good luck to all of the teams and thank you for your support, the post read. The team made up of two people registered for $100 and competed for different prizes. Participants also decided whether to compete in social or a competitive bracket and the organization also held a raffle. The homes for the Brave website said more than 1,400 people have been served since 2002. The site continued, A great need exists for housing programs and support services like ours. On any given night, 40,000 U.S. states, United States veterans find themselves homeless, and another 1.4 million are at risk of homelessness due to lack of affordable housing, financial resources, and support. With the help of our community, we can continue to uphold our mission of helping Connecticut's veterans and other individuals experiencing homelessness to return to meaningful, productive lives. During the event, a man who appeared to be with the organization thanked everyone for joining the tournament. He said, We are growing, and your support helps us do things like, right now, we're preparing two houses in West Haven, Connecticut to accept male veterans experiencing homelessness, he said. And uh, what would you do? Uh, well, actually, let me ask you this. When was the last time you checked your spam folder? Okay, because M Live is reporting Oakland County woman wins $3 million Mega Millions prize and finds the winning email in her spam folder. Go ahead and check your spam folders now. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Francis de Sales. Born August 21st, 1567, Francis was destined by his father to be a lawyer so that the young man would, could eventually take his elder's place as a senator from the province of Savoy in France. For this reason, Francis was sent to Padua to study law, and after receiving his doctorate, he returned home. And in due time, he told his parents he wished to enter the priesthood. His father strongly opposed Francis in this, and only after much patient persuasiveness on the part of the gentle Francis did his father finally consent. Francis was ordained and elected provost to the Diocese of Geneva, then a center for the Calvinist heretics. Francis set out to convert them, and especially in the district of Chabalis, by preaching and distributing the little pamphlets he wrote to explain the true Catholic doctrine. He had remarkable success. At the age of 35, he became the Bishop of Geneva. While administering his diocese, he continued to preach, hear confessions, and catechize the children. Imagine the Bishop teaching your children the catechism. His gentle character was a great asset in winning souls. He practiced his own axiom, a spoonful of honey attracts more flies than a barrel full of vinegar. Besides his two well-known books, The Introduction of the Devout Life and A Treatise on the Love of God, my personal favorite is Catholic Controversies, he wrote many pamphlets and carried on a vast correspondence. For his writings, he had been named patron of the Catholic press. His writings, filled with his characteristic gentle spirit, are addressed to lay people. He wants to make sure that they understand that they too are called to be saints. As he wrote in the introduction of the devout life, it is an error, or rather a heresy, to say devotion is incompatible with the life of a soldier, a tradesman, a prince, or a married woman. It has happened that many have lost perfection in the desert who had preserved, preserved it in the world. He died on December 28, 8, uh, 1622, St. Francis de Sales, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 3, verses 22 through 30. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, 
and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Amen, I say to you. All sins and blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Ghost will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The applicant said, The meaning of the example is this. The devil is the strong man, his goods are the men into whom he is received. Unless, therefore, a man first conquers the devil, how can he deprive him of his goods, that is, of the men whom he has possessed? So also I who spoil his goods, that is, free men from suffering by his possession, first spoil the devils and vanquish them, and am their enemy." How then can ye say that I have Beelzebul, and that being the friend of the devils, I cast them out? Close quote. St. Theoplicate, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Well, I was going to say almost exactly the same thing. Uh, I will go over to my second point instead. The Let's see. the When Cortes Lapide, he goes over this passage. He talks about first uh, the strong man, so the fact that the devil is a strong man, and what happens here, he compares it to Samson or Hercules. Like, if you break into Samson or Hercules' house to spoil it, well, you're not going to be able to because they're going to come after you. So what do you have to do? You have to take down Samson uh, and bind him, and so that's why they cut his hair, right? So that's what happens, and he says the devil is the strong man. Moreover, he says the devil here is called a strong man because he goeth about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He depicts his strength and might under the figures of behemoth and Leviathan. And by the strong man understands Lucifer, the prince of the devils, the antagonist of Christ and St. Michael. For Lucifer being conquered by Christ on the cross was thrust down to hell that they should there he should remain, personally bound until the day of judgment. Then he will be loosed for a little space as said by John in the apocalypse. Nevertheless, Lucifer is so bound in hell that he is not only able to go forth himself, but even by means of his demons. Now, you might ask, well, then how is it that the devil is acting in the world if he's bound up and he can't act and not even by means of his demons? Well, Cornelius Lapide continues and says that St. Anthony was taught this by long experience, testifying that the devil was hooked by the Lord like a dragon, by the hook of the cross. It was taken in a dragnet. It was bound like a fugitive slave, and his lips were perforated by a ring and a bracelet, and he is not permitted to devour any of the faithful. Now, what does this mean? So Cornelius Lapide goes on, and I'll just summarize here, and I highly recommend reading this whole passage from Cornelius Lapide. But he goes on to say, it's like he has a chain attached to him, and he's only allowed to go so far now. Before, he had full reign over the world. But after he was bound by our Lord, he was chained up, and he has a very limited scope of what he's able to do today. Uh, I'll have to leave it at that. 
But maybe in the after show, if y'all ask, we can go over this more because this is excellent stuff. All right, praise be to God. He's got to learn how to turn my mic on, I guess. Praise be to God. Thank you, Cornelius Alapade, for giving us such great uh, meditations today. And uh, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling. It's a Catholic trivia game show. I have uh, some trivia questions. But guess what? If you call now, you get to be our caller. But you don't have to know the answers, and you could still win. It's fun. It's easy. Call now. 877-757-9424. Prizes are involved. You could win 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call now. First caller gets to be our contestant at 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Tripling is coming up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So you, you're not allowed to tell anybody my secrets or my agendas. So you have to keep this just between us. Okay? <laughs> Praise be to God. But there are a few things we like to do here. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something you did not know before 
about the Catholic faith, and uh, that's always a good thing, right? Learning something new. And then, of course, we like to have fun, we like to laugh, we like to have a good time, and our callers tend to be great sports. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes which makes it a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to God. But if you're new here, let me explain something. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, and uh, the kicker is the caller does not need to know a single correct answer and could still win the game. It's possible. And the reason is because I don't ask them these questions. Instead, I will ask Rudy, I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Adrian, or rather Rudy, what could they win? (laughs) Our sponsor of our game show this week is us. Catholic Drive Time. Yay us! All right. So this week you have an opportunity to win a copy of the Seven Sorrows Devotion, a small prayer book that I compiled based on the prayers of the Via Matris, or the Way of the Mother, a counterpoint to the Way of the Cross. This devotion follows the Seven Sorrows of Our Blessed Mother, as well as uh, you can get some other CDT goodies in the pack here. And the Blessed Virgin Mary grants seven graces to the souls who honor her daily by saying seven Hail Marys and meditating on her tears and sorrows. A devotion was given to us by the Blessed Mother through St. Bridget of Sweden, and each meditation is accompanied by a beautiful image to help facilitate meditation on that particular sorrow. So that's what we got for you this week. Amen. Praise be to God. We're going to sweeten that prize pack. It's going to be a Catholic drive-time prize pack to include the Seven Sorrows devotion, but it'll also include a Catholic drive-time mug personally autographed by the CDT team, as well as some other goodies. I think I have some DVDs of the Pray about Father Patrick Payton to give away and some prayer cards and some other stuff. So it's going to be an incredible prize pack from Catholic drive-time this week, so we're looking forward to that. If you don't get into, into the drawing today, You can try again tomorrow. You're going to have chances all week long. So let's jump into it. Let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Matthew. Good morning. Praise be to God, Matthew. Thanks for being on with us today. Where are you calling from? Calling from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas, the mighty city, uh, home of the Astros, I think, uh, World Series (laughs) champions, pretty sure. Are you an Astros fan, Matthew? Yes, I am. Of course. That makes sense. I'm like, who isn't, right? I mean... Pretty sure everybody in Dallas is Astros fans at this point. Um, where do you go to church, Matthew? Well, oddly enough, St. Francis de Sales. St. Francis. Oh, nice. look at that. So we're, wow. Are, are, we're, you know, the coolest, uh, one of the cool stories about St. Francis de Sales is how he used to hide in trees because they would hunt him at night uh, because he was putting his pamphlets under the doors. Those dang Huguenots. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's bold right there. Uh, and are you familiar with the game, Matthew? Yes, sir. So you know how the rules work? You know how the, the game is played? Yes, I do. And uh, you know I am on your side. I'm here to help you. It's, <sighs> it's, it's you and me, Matthew, against Rudy and Adrian. Are you ready? Okay. I am ready. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> we will start with uh, Rudy. Oh, I got some breaking <laughs> news for you guys. As is our custom. <laughs> uh, Rudy, are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? I'm as ready to say yes Mm -hmm. as when you ask me if I've seen a particular movie, and I say no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Very well. Let's play. Rudy, can you tell me what is the name given to the underground cemeteries used by the early Christians? Yes. Those are what's known as the pods. 
the pods. Yeah, That's why are you pausing dramatically? Uh, just it's I just the, the <laughs> it's the morning phlegm. You know how allergies work. Okay, it's that uh, cedar bark pollen <laughs> stuff. Cedar. Bark. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Adrian, let's try you. Let's try you. Okay, let's try me. Okay. Uh, can you tell me? Yes. What is the name given to the underground cemeteries used by early Christians? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Is that the place where they used to say mass? Yeah. And they would say ad orientum. Yeah, that was the uh, catacombs. <laughs> right. The catacombs. Mm-hmm. Okay, the catacombs. Not the pods. Not the pods. Okay. We don't eat the po- we don't eat the bugs and we don't sleep in the pods. <laughs> Not uh, yet at least. Ask John the Baptist how he felt about that. Anyway, okay, here is the deal. Here's the deal, Matthew. Uh, Adrian seems to think that they're called the catacombs versus Rudy seems to think they're called the pods. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Matthew, what say you? Hmm. Uh, well, pod people does sound familiar. <laughs> However, I believe our Lord helps us to discern the truth, and in this case, Adrian is speaking the truth. <laughs> wow! I lo- that's well amazing. said. Wow. Yes, Adrian is speaking the truth. I like the sound case, of that. He so said, diplomatic. Matthew said, "Quote in this case." All I heard Adrian was, "All I heard was Adrian is speaking the truth." <laughs> all I heard was the pods, like the pod people, is like some sort of '80s horror film for television or something. How many crickets do you have to eat to get two thousand calories? worth (laughs) probably a lot like 12 but if you bake them all in chocolate it's worth the effort Um, i don't think we'll have chocolate i don't think we'll we'll have chocolate (laughs) (laughs) me Uh, anyway let's move on we'll have nothing and we'll be happy get into trouble there all right matthew congratulations (laughs) that was easy right you knew better than the pods yeah thank you yeah pretty straightforward I think this next one is also fairly straightforward. Uh, let's just see how it goes. This is the hardest question. You're in the cup for one. I think we can double it. We're going to try uh, Adrian this time. That's me. Adrian? That's my name. What is the term for the square of white linen folded into nine sections that the host is placed on during the Holy Mass? Yes. That is called a bib because we don't want the particles to fall anywhere. So it's called a bib. That's where we get the term from. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, so when babies wear bibs, that's the origin of that term. (laughs) Theological term. A bib. It's a bib. Okay. Okay. The bibis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Rudy, maybe you can tell us. Maybe. Uh, What is the term for the square of white linen folded into nine sections that the host is placed on during Holy Mass? I can. It's called a corporal a because, corporal. as it sounds like, you're laying the body of Christ on it. As opposed to a lance corporal or a sergeant? That's correct. Okay. Corporal. 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 Hmm. All right, Matthew, here is the deal. Uh, Rudy seems to think that that white linen square folded into nine sections at Holy Mass is called a corporal versus Adrian seems to think it's called a bib. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Matthew, what say you? Um, well, I uh, would have to go with Corporal and Rudy this time. <laughs> Survey says... This time. <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why they a call bib. it a Corporal. Rudy got it exactly right, because, you know, you lay your bo- the body of Christ on it. Yeah. You need, was, that, was that tricky, Matthew, at all? I'm just curious. Well, I was just more worried about you, Joe. I hope you don't are not catching. What? The what? 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 
I don't know what you mean, Matthew. <laughs> I am your bestie in this game. I'm here for you, my friend. Uh, speaking of which, I think this third one could be the hardest question out of all three. It's, I think this is the hardest question we've ever had. Is it? Like, ever. Like, are you keeping track of all these Why hardest questions ever? Why do we save it ever? for the end all the time? Uh, <laughs> you know, we had to save the worst for last. <laughs> Third question, back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? What Israeli location is a symbol of the struggle between good and evil that goes on in the soul of everyone? Huh. The place is known as, if I remember correctly, you know, in my theological studies class, uh, Nebuchadnezzar is the place. Hmm. Nebuchadnezzar is the place. Yes, so true, King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adrian. I went to Catholic school, okay? I can tell. Adrian, can you tell me? <laughs> I, too, went to Catholic school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what Israeli place, what location is a symbol of the struggle between good and evil that goes on in the soul mm. of everyone. Right. That would be Armageddon, or in Hebrew, Harmageddon. Harmageddon. How's it go? Harmageddon. Okay. Praise be to Hebrew. God. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Matthew, here is the deal. Uh, Adrian seems to think it's called Armageddon, but Rudy seems to think it's called Nebuchadnezzar. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Matthew, what say you? Well, Adrian has not steered me wrong. I will put my uh, vote in in favor of Armageddon. Whew, are you sure? That's some. Uh, that's brilliant. <laughs> what a what a brilliant man right there. <laughs> Matthew Duh. is a is a genius. Uh, stick around. A truly stick a gentleman around, and a scholar. <laughs> he might steer you wrong at some point. I don't know. We'll have to see. But congratulations, you're in for three. Perfect score today. No matter the curveballs thrown your way. How do you feel, Matthew? <laughs> I feel great. Praise be to God. Praise be to God, indeed. We're easy, grateful easy. for you uh, being on our show today, having a laugh with us, and uh, and we really enjoy that. But it may be God's will. It may not be God's will that you should win the prize pack this week. You'll have to tune in on Friday to, to see if that's the case. But either way, God love you. God bless you. And have a great day, Matthew. You as well. Thank you. All right. Praise Jesus. We're going to put you on hold. Make sure we get your phone number. That is going to do it. You know, fascinating fact. Uh, in trying to find the catacombs in the Eternal City in Rome in 2005, I instead stumbled upon the very cell that held St. Peter and St. Paul. And uh, that was a pretty incredible moment. Maybe I'll share that with you in the after show, which is a free-form conversation with you directly on our live video feeds, linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. 
Today we celebrate Monday of the third week in Ordinary Time and the Memorial of St. Francis de Sales. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. Join the great throng, psaltery organ and song, sounding in glad adoration. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who for the salvation of souls willed that the Bishop St. Francis de Sales become all things to all, graciously grant that following his example we may always display the gentleness of your charity in the service of our neighbor. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second book of Samuel. All the tribes of Israel came to David in Hebron and said, Here we are, your bone and your flesh. In days past, when Saul was our king, it was you who led the children of Israel out and brought them back. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel and shall be commander of Israel. When all the elders of Israel came to David in Hebron, King David made an agreement with them there before the Lord, and they anointed him king of Israel. David was thirty years old when he became king, and he reigned for forty years, seven years and six months in Hebron over Judah, and thirty-three years in Jerusalem over all Israel and Judah. Then the king and his men sent out for Jerusalem against, then the king and his men set out for Jerusalem against the Jebusites who inhabited the region. David was told, You cannot enter here. The blind and the lame will drive you away. 
which was their way of saying, David cannot enter here. But David did take the stronghold of Zion, which is the city of David. David grew steadily more powerful, for the Lord of hosts was with him. The word of the Lord. My faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. My faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. Once you spoke in a vision, and to your faithful ones you said, On a champion I have placed a crown, over the people I have set a youth. My faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. I found David my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him, that my hand may be always with him, and that my arm may make him strong. My faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. My faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and through my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand upon the sea, his right hand upon the rivers. My faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. Alleluia! Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Our Savior Jesus Christ has destroyed death and brought life to life through the gospel. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory, Glory to, to you, O Lord. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. It's worth mentioning at the beginning uh, something about St. Francis de Sales. He wrote an important work called Introduction to the Devout Life. And in there, because this was written a, few, a couple hundred years ago, he basically states that everybody is called to holiness, and everybody is called to holiness according to their state and life, their state and life. So you wouldn't want somebody out there in the workforce acting like a monk, and you wouldn't want a monk acting like somebody out there in the workforce. So each, by their own vocation, has a rightful place and a way to holiness. So by loving God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and loving our neighbor as ourself, according to the state of life that God has called us, we can reach the heights of holiness, and anybody can. It's not just for the monk, and it's, it's not just for the bishop. It's for everyone. Everyone can reach the heights of holiness. I think that's the first thing that has to be said. 
The second is definitely to clarify what Jesus says in the gospel. He says, whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said he as he has an unclean spirit. When the scribes had come from Jerusalem, they were accusing Jesus of driving out demons by the power of demons, which actually makes absolutely no sense. But what the, the difficulty is, is that they didn't recognize the power of God. And they didn't recognize that it is by this power of God that Jesus was casting out demons, that he was freeing those who were oppressed. And they said that basically he was freeing them, but then they were, as they were repossessed or what it might be, but that they didn't recognize the power of God. And it's the same thing when we do not recognize the power of the Holy Spirit to, that it conquers all enemies. And when we begin to call something, we say that that healing was actually a work of the devil, then we have a problem. And specifically, we have the problem when we don't think that the Holy Spirit, that God, can forgive our sins. And we don't want him to. And that's the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, the unforgivable sin, because we do not allow God's power and his healing to touch us. We reject it. And that's the only way that we could not be forgiven, is if we reject God's forgiveness. Two other important things from the gospel today. Jesus is, first of all, he's accused of of driving out demons by the power of demons, but really it is, we know, by the power of God. And he says, if Satan is divided against himself, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. It is the end of Satan. With Jesus Christ, he has conquered Satan. He has conquered death. This is something that has to we have to hold very deep in our hearts and know the truth of this. Sometimes in our mind, we kind of have a little bit of a dualism where we think that God, there's God and then there's Satan, and these two arch enemies are always working against each other, and you know one seems to have the upper hand over the other at times. It's just this battle that goes on. The fact is, is that Satan is nothing compared to God, and essentially, Satan is weak. We allow him to show his power because when we uh, in temptation, when we sort of begin to play with temptation, then he comes on stronger. But he is essentially weak. And as soon as we counter him with the power of God, he turns tail and run because he's nothing. He is nothing. He's a creature in comparison to God. He's nothing. So that's an important thing that we should hold deep, very dear in our hearts. That is the end of Satan. He is not more powerful than God. And he certainly, although he seems to be at times more powerful than us, he's not. The second thing is what Jesus says about the strong man whose uh, house is, if he's, if he's strong, then his house cannot be plundered, unless he gets tied up, and then he can be plundered. This just reminds us, too, that we know we experience moments in our life of weakness, situations that kind of get the best of us. Perhaps it's a coworker that every time we see them, we, you know, that, that hatred begins to boil in our hearts, or a family situation by which they, somebody's able to kind of uh, uh, turn the screw and get our goat. And we, every time we, we fall into this weakness, uh, we, we kind of feel like we're overpowered. And all of the charity, all the love that we have for God or neighbor seems to go right out the window. But it, what a, a good point is that when we recognize that those situations are there, when you recognize our weakness, if we strengthen that weak part, if by the grace of God, little by little, we grow in that virtue which will counter that weakness, then the strong, then, the, then we cannot be plundered. So essentially, a Satan, or our enemy, in a way becomes our friend because he shows us the very things that we need to work on. Even though we find ourselves sometimes in that weakness being plundered or overcome, eventually, by, by strengthening that, that one weak point, or many that we have, 
then we recognize the the power that God has and the power of his grace and that the enemy is essentially weak and he has been overcome. May we overcome our enemy by the power of God that is at work in us. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, gathered as one to celebrate the good things we have received from our God, let us ask him to prompt in us prayers that are worthy of his hearing. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for all the bishops throughout the world, and for all the clergy. With the people entrusted to their charge, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray in this week of Christian unity that all Christians may be united, and that the desire of Jesus that we all be one would be fulfilled. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for those who hold public office and those who assist them in promoting the common good. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for all those who are sick and who are suffering in any way. Christ's healing power and consolation would touch them and bring them healing and strength. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all of us gathered in this sacred place by faith and devotion, for those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, by our, let us be united by our love and reverence for God, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all those who have died and for all the holy souls in purgatory, may they rest in peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May the petitions of your church be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, so that we may receive from your mercy what we cannot ask out of confidence in our own merits through Christ our Lord. Amen. Oh, breathe on me, O breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love the things you love and do what you would do. Oh, breathe on me, O breath of God. Until my heart is pure, until my will is one with yours, to do and to endure. Breathe on me, O breath of God, my will to yours incline. Until the selfish parts of me close with your fire divine. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Through this saving sacrifice which we offer you, O Lord, Kindle in our hearts that divine fire of the Holy Spirit with which you wonderfully inflamed the most gentle soul of St. Francis of Sales, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, 
Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as on the festival of St. Francis de Sales, you bid your church rejoice, so too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life, teach her by his words of preaching, and keep her safe in answer to his prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni Sunceli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world, together with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all those who, holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants. And all gathered here whose faith and devotion are known to you. For them we offer you this sacrifice of praise, for they offer for themselves and all who are dear to them, for the redemption of their souls, in hope of health and well-being, and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of our God and Lord, Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, and all your saints, we ask that through their merits and prayers in all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family. Order our days in your peace, and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, with eyes raised to heaven to you, O God, his almighty Father. Giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands, and once more giving you thanks, he, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham, our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer, we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants, who, though sinners, hope in your abundant mercies, graciously grant some share and fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon through Christ our Lord, through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord. You sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I, am I am not worthy, worthy that you should enter into my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Behold, a faithful and prudent steward to give them their allowance of food at the proper time. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are ready there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Oh, let all who thirst, let them come to the water, and let all who have nothing, let them come to the Lord without money without price why should you pay the price except for the Lord and let all who see to the water and let all who have nothing let them come to the Lord without money without strife why should you spend your life except for the Lord. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that through the sacrament we have received, we may imitate on earth the charity and meekness of St. Francis de Sales, and so attain, like him, the glory of heaven. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. May he let his face shine upon you and show you his mercy. Amen. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Now think we all are God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things have done and whom his world rejoices who from our mother's songs 
The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.